Welcome to The Pemberley Podcast, a podcast where we discuss Jane Austen adaptations, now covering Sanditon Season 2. I'm Yolanda Rodriguez. And I'm Jillian Davis. Keep up with us on TikTok and Instagram at The Pemberley. You can support us on Patreon and email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to our latest iteration of the Pemberley podcast. We will be discussing season two of Sanditon. This is a show that it was nearly canceled. It felt like it was really like not going to come back. But then like the Bridgerton renaissance really pushed everything Jane Austen forward. And so Sanditon got renewed for two additional seasons. So we have season two that we'll be covering now. And we have season three to look forward to, which there's already preview photos being posted. I am really impressed. This is, to me, this is the little show that could. Yes. Because this is literally based on an unfinished manuscript. Like, Mm -hmm. you need to be Jane Austen in order to get your unfinished manuscript published, A, but then made into a PBS masterpiece series. We left on a big fat cliffhanger. I mean, people were up in arms. I actually... (laughs) It's the little show that could because there are some very passionate fans out there. There was a whole campaign that was, I think, definitely a contributing factor of it. Yes, the fandom was part of it, but I think the Bridgerton effect, we saw like this past year, I and mean, we should probably do like a retrospective episode of like this whole year, yeah. because it was like all of the content that came out of like that Bridgerton push. This has been our busiest year yet. I mean, I feel like for a long time, things were just not coming out, and you yes. and I were just talking, we just, we just had updates. This was a yes. show of updates like, we hear there's a script for this thing. I know. But it was like we had season two of Bridgerton, The Courtship, Sonali's book, The Emma Project. Speaking of all the other content out there, I mean, this isn't going to be any Jane Austen stuff. But before we get into the very first episode of season two of Sanditon, we want to talk a little bit about what we are watching in our spare time. I'll go first. I'm watching a really funny show on Hulu called Reboot. It's not a fictional show. It's a documentary in my mind because of like how accurate it is. So it stars Rachel Bloom as this TV writer and she has this meeting with Hulu and she wants to reboot a classic old sitcom. And Mm. they use very real examples of all the reboots that have happened in the past few years. And so they basically get the cast back together 15 years later, because it's basically about a show about a father who marries into a new family and he's got a new stepson and he's got like his father to deal with. Come to find out that that is based on her own father who left her and her mother for this new family. And he has now been made the co-showrunner with her. (gasps) And so the sort of father who left her is now her co-worker and they need to sort of fight over like what the show is. There's also like fun hilarity that ensues with the cast and it's a pretty funny show. I am currently not on Hulu. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I have a rotation of like all the different streaming services and I'm like, I'll have this for a couple months. I'll have that for a couple months. You'll just add it to the list. Yes. Once I come back to Hulu, I will circle back on it. For sure. But I've seen like the trailer and it looks hilarious. So I think it's especially hilarious if you work in entertainment and you will see it eventually. And then we'll talk about it. 
Agreed, yes. What are you watching, Yolanda? I've been watching From Scratch on Netflix. It is a romance series based on a book. Reese Witherspoon's company has adapted it and it's really beautiful. It's starring Zoe Saldana and it's about this woman. Uh, she's gone off to Italy. She's studying there and she meets a man and she falls in love and they have like this great epic love story. It's a series, but it really feels like you're just watching an eight-hour movie over one-hour increments. So that's been really fun, but it's like really beautiful. It's really well acted. I'm not quite done yet, but I just got to like the really emotional part of it oh. because it is a sad story, but it is ultimately about like how great their love is and how strong she is. And I will say like the first episode is a little slow. Mm -hmm. So I think once you get past that and once you get into like two and three, it picks up. You, I think you just get invested in the story more. So you'll keep watching. Do you think like this could have been a movie? I wish it had been a movie. Okay. Because I think with episodes like one and two, there's just some things I'm like, all right, let's move it along. <laughs> let's keep it going. Mm -hmm. But I think because of where I'm at now in this series, I'm like, oh, the emotional punch it has sure. just hits a little harder mm -hmm. because it's a longer series and you're with the characters for longer. That's good to know. That's very good to know. I'll be sure to check that out. Let's now dive into maybe it's a love story. Maybe it's just kind of a period drama. TBD. You and I, TBD, you and I will probably be having this discussion the whole time. At this point, we haven't seen the whole season two of Sanditon, but we've right. seen a couple episodes. Just to get everyone back up to speed of where where we left off, because I really was like, who are you again? I'm yes, like, there was quite a few characters. I'm like, I hated you for some reason. I know. Why? I was like, you, I like really wanted you gone. And then the worst part <laughs> was we were typing up these outlines and I was like, oh, what's your name? Yes. There's okay. a lot of names. <laughs> this is an action packed. Yes. There are, and there's all the same people from last season plus new people. Yeah. And it's just a lot to keep track of. So Theo James played our strapping, handsome Sydney Parker, who was slowly but surely falling in love with Charlotte Haywood, our heroine, quite against her will, when it turns out his idiot brother Tom, who was trying to be like the mayor of Sanditon, didn't get insurance for all of the town. If you recall, we were in a bit of a love triangle with Charlotte, Sydney, and Young Stringer. What's his first name? I don't know. Young can't Stringer. Be, can't be bothered. <laughs> yes. Um, whose father, Old Stringer, is a stubborn man who wants to literally burn the midnight oil, had a heart attack, knocked over a candle or something, and that's what set Sanditon on literal fire. So in order to help rebuild the town, Sydney marries his now widowed, rich ex-girlfriend, played by Theo James's real-life wife, basically completely, like, left, chased down Charlotte and was like, sorry, I'm still marrying her. And we were like, cool, 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 cool. I'm so <laughs> glad you, like, chased after her carriage to tell us that like, you were still leaving her. It's, it's still not you. Still not you. <laughs> but I, I like you, just not enough to marry you because yes. you're not rich. Sydney was the guardian of Miss Georgiana Lamb, whose father was like a wealthy landowner in Antigua. We got to interview Crystal Clark. Yes. Um, and so she was under his guardianship. He was trying to find her 
a match, a marriage, just trying to like move her forward. She was not having any of it. And she and Charlotte became best friends. There was also drama with another family in town, the Denham family. There's Lady Denham, who is the oldest, richest lady in all of Sanditon. She's kind of the worst. She's not the worst, but she's not great. And there were three quasi relatives fighting for her fortune because she didn't have any kids, but she did have this nephew, Edward. We hate him. Yes. He has a stepsister, Esther. We did hate her, but now we like her because he was very controlling and very manipulative. Yes. And so she found love with this guy, Babington. And so now she's Lady Babington. And then they had a very distant cousin named Clara, who was very conniving and she and Edward were hooking up. Esther went to Lady Denham and was like, this is what's been happening. Like, this is how awful Edward's been. And then also on top of that, like the secret love affair that Edward and Clara had. So then Lady Denham disinherited both of them and like cast Clara out and was like, you're not even my ward. Like, get out of my sight. Edward and Clara tried to destroy her will. Yes, they burned it. They burned it. That's right. They found her will. They weren't in it. And so they tried to burn it and be like, oh, she didn't have one. We have to fight to the death over it, I guess. She was on her deathbed. She was like about to leave the earth and then... (laughs) And they were like, we're just going to make something up and we're going to get all her money. That was their Edward and Clara scheme. And Esther was like, no, no, no. Lady Denham had a miracle happen and she like was restored in her health. Yeah. Found out the whole scheme and was like, banished. Get away from me. Because I think it was Esther discovered them and they're like, we can cut you in, even though they were going to cut her out. Yeah. 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 And then she was like, no, I'm just going to do the right thing. Like, I don't don't feel like it. So she chose to do the right thing. That was previously on Sanditon season one. At the end of recording our Emma Project episodes, I showed Jillian the first like two minutes of this episode just to get her reaction of the dramatic thing that happened. So I'll play that clip here. Listeners at home, you may hear the Sanitan audio and we'll watch and we'll enjoy. Okay, this is not England. Oh, is this Antigua? We see. Who's in the box? A box coffin. We are clearly going to a funeral. Charlotte? I'm not gonna lie, this is Pirates of the Caribbean to me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, someone's been, like, murdered. I think I know, I think I know, I think I know. (gasps) Sydney Parker! AKA Theo James is dead? They killed him! They literally killed him! I like, literally, I was like, once I saw this was about a funeral, I'm like, he died. They killed him. They offed him. So and I was like, right. oh my god. Sorry. So I've just been shooketh to my core. They literally opened on this. Like, yes. he's dead and he's being buried in Antigua. That sucks. It's so funny because like when they left it off, we're like, oh, is there a chance of a happily ever after? And they were like, we just wanted to be so upfront. No. (laughs) He's dead. He's dead. So not only is she mourning the love that they could have had, but she's mourning his death. Yes. They said, you really want to do that HBO Max series? Go. Do it. You're done here. We hope you do it. I hope you enjoy your money. (laughs) You're like, not your HBO Max versus PBS money. Hope you enjoy it. We're going to murder you. (laughs) 
Oh my god. So that's the very dramatic start. That is very dramatic. That's I'm glad you did that. That was a lot that was so much. I was like, was that necessary? That was blood. I saw blood. Did that have to happen? (laughs) Yeah. If I may be so bold, can I just say I think he's not really dead. What if he's like (laughs) (laughs) Like I feel like they're slapping us in the face with he's dead, and it's so dramatic that I'm like is it, is, he, is it like Marvel? They're it's like, like Marvel and no it's like, really no, dead. he clearly had to fake his own death in order to like get to the bottom of certain mysteries that are happening around Antigua. Who knows? Like, who knows? That's just, I'm just like going on the record of saying I'm going to explore that as a possibility moving okay. forward. And we're back. I was very shocked. And I got to say, like, because I remember when you showed me that, I was like, he's not really dead. And I think I can pretty <laughs> much confirm like he is dead Sydney he is parker is gone no longer with us has left the show theo james has famously gone on to bigger and better projects well yeah bigger sure bigger. better who knows it's to be determined tbd tbd but he was a you know a really big character in the last season and yeah. we're really kind of like picking up a lot of slack because down goes charlotte's whole main love interest down goes the smartest of the Parker brothers. <laughs> yes. Like, they're all kind of like, what's happening? Uh, they're like kind of trying to rule Sand Tin, but it's like they're also not doing it. Yeah. And also he was looking after Georgiana. I, I feel like all the chips have been thrown into the air and we just need to see where they land. So this sort of big uh, event that happens in this episode is the arrival of the militia. I had very strong Pride and Prejudice flashback vibes when Lydia and Kitty and Mrs. Bennett were thrilled to death that the militia was in town. I have to say, I don't get it. (laughs) I don't get the (laughs) hype of these military men being around. In my mind, doesn't that mean like war is around? Isn't it bad if you need them around? I don't know. I mean, that's part of the questions that everyone has. They're like, why are they here? Yeah. We don't find out yet. For them, it's new men, new potential suitors. So now it's like bringing a whole new bunch of guys into the mix, which as we'll see, we have a bunch of new characters to go through. Should we just talk about who's all new to set things up? Talk about the new people, especially because I feel like this episode could be summed up with Boys, boys, boys. Yes. We, Sydney Parker, you know what? He can be dead because. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't mean that. Yeah. But I do mean that Andrew Davies was clearly sitting in his study, like, what, what next? And yes. he was like, love quadrangles. Yes. Like, quadrangles on quad geometry. It's just boy geometry. <laughs> I actually think Andrew Davies isn't showrunner of this anymore. I think <gasps> okay. it's someone else now. Okay. Justin Young is now the showrunner who he was also part of season one. So now he's taking the reins of the show, bringing in all the new love triangles and everything. Two of the men were shirtless. I yes. also just want to like, I remember, when, right. I remember when you and I were watching the courtship and they had to change every single group date to be more sexy and they would just make the guys take their shirts off. I felt like we were in that yes. episode of the courtship where they all, they were like, no, less, fewer shirts, less shirts. So we have a new artist in town, which is actually a big deal for Tom Parker. He's like, we've attracted artists now. (laughs) Charles Lockhart is like this eccentric artist type who just wanders around shirtless, which I can't believe isn't a bigger scandal. But, you know, he just does what he does. Really strong Benedict Bridgerton vibes. Yes. Literally, I was like, oh, it's Benedict. (laughs) Yes. Kind of same kind of curlyish hair. So, yeah. Same suspenders, honestly. Yes. 
So he's very eccentric. He's very weird. And, and there is going to be a little um, spark of a thing between mm-hmm. him and Miss Georgiana Lamb. And then of the militia, we have Colonel Francis Lennox. Mm-hmm. He's the one who's mainly like in communication with Tom Parker, but also he spots Charlotte Haywood and immediately takes a liking to her. So his eye is on Charlotte. Spots her as she walks into his camp. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which we He's will get like, into. Great. We also have Captain William Carter, who... Man, let's back up. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> There's so many new characters. There's a lot. And these are just the boys. Yes. Like, we haven't even gotten into the non-boys. I know. Because know? I was going to say, Captain William Carter, who's interested in new character Allison. Yeah. Allison, who is Charlotte's sister, who is yeah. joining her this season in Sanditon. Also, we have Captain Frazier, who is also in the militia. He is someone who's like looking at Allison, but we'll we'll kind of see their storyline play out a little later. I mean, we can, I feel like maybe a a decent intro into the episode would be, I think it's Mary Parker breaking the news to Charlotte. And basically she wants a friend for Miss Lamb. We are now her guardians. We're trying to marry her off and she is being very difficult and she could use a good influence. Charlotte and new character, her probably younger sister, Her Allison, younger sister, yeah. uh, younger sister, Allison, who's like, so stoked. Like she's like two words, rich husband. Yes. <laughs> that is what is on her mind. They go to Sanditon, get the grand tour, meet up with Miss Lamb. One of our next intros is going into camp. Because Georgiana's like fine with like marching in there and being like, what's the deal, boys? Yeah. No. And so a big thing with Georgiana is that they like, she's in her revenge era for sure. Because you know, all these men are after her fortune. And so she's just enjoying getting taken out, showing a good time and then saying, thank you so much for your time. And also, no, I don't want to marry you. I mean, a big thing too from season one was like, she never got to go out. The thing with Sydney was like, he kept her locked away and was like, you are not allowed to look at anyone, see anyone, talk to anyone. Miss Hankins and her brother, like, they're technically housing her and have to, like, watch over her, too. But they don't have control over her. They're, like, trying to sing hymns with her and trying to, like, have her be, like, a young lady of society. But she's like, I don't have any, like, real wards anymore. I don't have a real guardian, so I'm just going to go about town and do what I want. Yeah. An admirer, I am besieged by fortune hunters. Each day brings a fresh proposal. That man in the corner proposed just this morning. You've not been tempted to accept any of them? Why? I have never possessed such power. The moment I marry, that will vanish. Shoot, I would do the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, she's kind of got the luxury that many young women like Charlotte and Allison don't have, which is like choices. You know, she's, she's got time and options. As they're sitting down to tea, Mm -hmm. Charlotte and Allison talk about how their father wants to marry Charlotte off to the local farmer and how he's lame and stupid. (laughs) And it's interesting. I'm seeing a change in Charlotte's character this season because I feel like when we met her, she was the young country girl in an exciting new city. And she just wanted- Stars in her eyes. Stars in her eyes. She wanted to fall in love. She wanted to make friends. She was just there to enjoy herself. And now that Sydney's dead, she's really not there for the fun of it. You know, Allison is the new romantic stars in her eyes. I want a rich husband character. 
I mean, Charlotte's loved and lost in a big way. And, and I think now she's a little more mature. She's a little older now. She's 22 or 23. So now it's kind of like a little bit passing her prime too. So yeah. she's on like this really delicate balance of like, if she wants to get married, it needs to happen quickly. But she's also like, I don't know if it's for me anymore. No, she even says at one point, she declares that she wishes to never marry again. Like I think in her mind, it was Sydney. Yeah. And now that it can't be Sydney, then like, she doesn't really want to. Right. Her sister even has this moment where she mourns the loss of her sister's future happiness because she's like, you're going to be a spinster. That's the <laughs> worst thing you could ever be. And she's like, I don't want, I'm not, spinster is a rude word for it. I just right. don't want to be married, you know? And that kind of takes us into... Another important group of characters that we're meeting, the Colburns. So as we see the militia march into town in the beginning, we see what we think is this little boy who's wearing a red coat, obsessed with the military, and this sort of like, she looks like a teenage girl, sort mm -hmm. of following. Tom Parker has thrown a parade for Colonel Lennox. This little boy basically scurries across the road, spooks the horse. In slow motion, the horse is about to stomp on this kid, except Charlotte Haywood is there to save the day, pulls the kid out of the way. Now this kid just has a bloody knee. And when she takes them to safety, we learn that this is a little girl nicknamed Leo, short for Leonora. The teenage girl who's taking care of her is her cousin, Augusta. Charlotte takes them back to their estate on the outskirts of town. We learn that they're both motherless. Leonora's father is both of their guardians. The servant of the house tells her, oh, like we're in need of a governess. Like we need to find one kind of thing. And door closes and it kind of sparks an idea in Charlotte's mind. She's like, oh, I could have a job because I don't intend on marrying. I need an income. This makes sense. It's a very pre-Maria Von Trapp-like household where it's very quiet. No one talks to each other. There's no connecting or anything like that. The thing that kind of amuses me about this part of it, no one wants this job because these kids, especially Augusta, are brutal to the governesses. Again, it's just like there's a revolving door of governesses. Yeah. Charlotte saved Leo's life and she goes, presents herself to father, who also happens to be very cute. Yes. I think this is going to be another boy. He is a contender. Yes. Uh, a romantic contender. Mr. Colborn, Miss Hayward is here about the governess position. She was the young lady who returned the girls from the parade. Thank you. 715s. I beg your pardon? What are 715s? 105. Capital of Argentina. Buenos Aires. To play an instrument. The pianoforte. A little. Pouvez-vous tenir une conversation en français? Oui, monsieur. Je parle bien le français. She passes, but I'm like, you're being very picky for someone who has no other option. Yeah, his big thing is asking her these questions to see if she's educated. But then also we find out like he doesn't care about educating his own daughters. He's like, they need to be taught how to be ladies. He's yeah. especially concerned about Leonora because yeah. she is someone who's like a little more of a tomboy. She dresses in pants. She doesn't want to wear dresses. Yeah. She wants to go run in the dirt and like play pretend all day. So he's like, she needs a firm hand to be taught to be a lady. Yeah. Charlotte's like, cool, cool suggestion. <laughs> cool. <laughs> well, You're fun. Yes. <laughs> it's a sort of ongoing battle with between her and Lord Colburn. 
Then we should talk about the Denims because Lady Denim has a big stake in all of Sanditon, so she's going to always be involved. But also, uh, Esther has returned. She is now Lady Babington. It seems like they've been married for coming up on a year, and he's away. Esther had a miscarriage. It was pretty, like a pretty late miscarriage. It was very devastating. Basically, Lord Babington was like, go to the seaside town, like maybe like sea air will do you good. Like they just need time apart, I think, to also mourn their loss. But also it's the fact that the doctor told them that were Esther to try to conceive again or get pregnant again, it would like she would die. Like it would not be good for her because she nearly died in in her miscarriage. So for Esther, it's something she so desperately wants to give Lord Babington. She wants to give him a child. She doesn't really talk about it in terms of like, I want to be a mother and I want to have a child. She talks about it more like, I want to give him what he wants, which is like such a big thing back then was like, provide an heir, which is something Lady Denim even asks. She's like, when's the heir coming along? And and that's when all is revealed. It's just so internalized because I feel like she was in a really different place last season. She was really under the influence of Edward. And so all they wanted was like Lady Denim's fortune. That was the goal. Get her fortune. And then when she realized that wasn't actually important to her and she let herself be happy, then she was happy. Yeah. And it's just so sad because now the only thing she wants is a baby. And the other big reveal is that when they're watching the militia parade is... At this point, they have no idea what happened to Edward. And they don't care. They don't care. They're like, he's gone. He's out of our lives. Great. We'll never have to see him again. But it turns out that Edward is part of the militia. And he's there. He's He's back. Sanditon. So he's going to be back in their lives. What he tells Lady Denim is like, I had no idea we would be in Sanditon. What? You're in Sanditon too? This is crazy. What a shock. What a coincidence. I'm in shock standing here in your home that I'm even here. I mean, we do get the information later that like, he had tipped off Colonel Lennox to be like, hey, we should check out that Sanditon. It's like a new emerging town, like top 10 small towns you should visit. <laughs> yeah, they wrote um, about it in Town and Country. Yes. You didn't, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't see it. <laughs> so he's like, yeah, let's go there. So obviously Edward, even though to Colonel Lennox, he's like, he's such a great man. He's like, he's like, I've heard of his family troubles, but like, he's a wonderful man. Lady Denham, Esther are not convinced. They're just like, Stay away. We don't want to deal with you. We'll have to coexist for now until you all leave. They're really like, what are you up to? What's the scheme? What's the plan? And he's like, what are you talking about? There's no scheme. I got cut off. My only option was to join the militia. The militia came here. It's not my choice. Yeah. And it's like, "Mm." Very much was his choice. What is his plan? Like, what's the plan? Here's the thing. He didn't know Esther was going to be there. So he was obviously trying to get back in with Lady Denim. I think that's his goal. I think his goal- Lady Denim has the money. Yeah, his goal is the money. So he needs to get to her. He spent like the last months being in the militia- showing that he's like reformed quotes. It's all in an effort to try to get back into the inheritance, get back into the money. Mm-hmm. The fact that Esther is there for him is like bonus. Like, or I get to use her in some way to try to manipulate the situation in my favor. And as much as I don't like Lady Denim, I will give her some credit that she she sees him first and she's like, stay away from Esther. Yeah. You stay away. Yeah. 
Another interesting thing going on with Georgiana and Arthur, who was really like the drunk, ridiculous Parker brother yes. last season, is trying to fill Sydney's shoes. He's trying to make himself useful to Tom. And now there's like a budding something between him and Georgiana. They go to tea and she's like, I wish I could marry you, Arthur. You're so nice. And he's like, oh, I wish that too. And it's like, so can this happen or like not? <laughs> and like, when did this, ha- like, when did it happen? You know? Yeah. I think they've just become very close, which speaking of characters new and old, the Parker sister is no longer here because that was like the buddies with Arthur, right? Like they were always hanging out. Oh yeah. And we thought they were married and they're like, no, wait, they're brother and sister. And they just always hang out all the time. I forgot she existed. Yes. Do we know what happened to her? They just say like, she's not there. They just kind of explain it in one line. So it's like, She's gone. She's not here. So now Arthur has like a new friend to kind of cling on to. And Georgiana's happy with that because she's like, great, someone I trust, someone I can talk to. We should also mention someone else who is no longer here is Young Stringer is also not in town anymore. We just get like a quick one line that he's like a successful architect in London or he's on his way to becoming like a big deal. I think he's studying to be a major architect, a master architect. With Arthur, there was a thing at the end of season one where Arthur told his sister, like, he doesn't want to get married or or like, it's not something that he's interested in. So we see that kind of at play here, but I think we'll see it more coming soon. Just a really quick aside that I don't know if it's going to be relevant or not, but we see Georgiana alone in her room looking at a picture of a young man in her locket. It's the same young man. It's, is it the boy, the secret boyfriend from last series? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. I feel like I don't know if she's still secretly in touch with him or if she just is like, oh, we were never meant to be. I miss him. You know, like she still holds feelings for him. I think it's like still holding feelings, but also she probably has no idea where he is at this point. He's not in touch. I think that was where they left it, where like she was like, I haven't heard from him anymore. And that's that's kind of that. Because she went to go look for him. This was like a big scene at the end of the last season. Yes. Where like, did she get kidnapped? She got kidnapped. She did, yeah. She got kidnapped. Sydney and Charlotte went to London to look for her. And Charlotte went on her own. Charlotte and then, went on her own and then like ran into Sydney. Yeah. Who was also looking for her. And it was like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. He was there too. And he, I think, inadvertently gave away her location. Someone intercepted the letter and then like was like, oh, great. <laughs> We're experts at this show. <laughs> it's it's been like, it's been yeah. over, t- it's like two years. It's been like two years yeah. since we've covered season one. Maybe we should have refreshed a little more. Yeah. But I think there's, there was so much that happened in season one that isn't applicable to season two. I agree. I think the history and the context helps to know like where each character is at. But yeah. new season, same town, but like a bunch of new characters. So yeah. we have so much to cover just with everyone who's new. And everyone who's changed. Yeah. And everyone who's changed and like why they changed and what's going on. There's also like a tiny bit of a mystery around Sydney's death. I feel like it's a huge mystery. So when Charlotte first comes to Santon, they're like, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I, I hope my condolences made it to you all. And they're like, yeah, we didn't know he was in Antigua. We have no idea what he was doing there because his affairs have all been settled. 
the only thing they find out is like it's somehow related to Georgiana. They don't know like what it is exactly, but Georgiana's like, I'm going to get in touch with like my team of lawyers or whoever, like I'll figure it out. So that's going to be a small like ongoing thing. His death is a mystery. We don't know what happened. They don't have a grave for him there in Sanditon. Like, so they can't properly mourn him either there. So mm-hmm. it is still very much a sensitive subject and we'll see how that mystery plays out. So that was a lot. I feel like we'll have to keep going back to like, remember all the different characters at play, but we know we've, I feel like we've set the table for everything season two. We have all the new characters. We have all the potential love interests. We have all the different conflicts at play. I feel like every scene is like, New scene, new scene, new characters, new characters. So it's a lot. Yes. <laughs> it's, this, it's a crammed new season. Yes, it is. So we'll continue on. We'll Next week, we'll cover episode two. Keep up with us on social media at The Pemberley. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash The And you can email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.